Summer has turned to autumn, Twitter has turned to X, and we are back with the finale of Series 3. Can you believe it? It's been 11 weeks already. Oh, sad times. But... I am very excited <laughs> for this final episode. It's a real treat as mm. we're talking with Ben Elliott, who, amongst other things, uh, as you'll hear about, is the founder of the UK Church Comms Collective, something you know we've mentioned before and both really benefited from. Yeah, and our chat with Ben is something that we found really inspiring. So grab your hot drink and settle in for, can you believe it, episode 30 of Gourds and Pomegranate. Welcome to the Gourds and Pomegranates podcast, talking common sense for church communications. Here's Hannah and Joe. We are very excited to have with us today Ben Elliott, who runs Be Creative and has tons of experience working with church comms. And I'm sure many of you will know him from the Church Comms Collective, which Ben founded, and we're pretty sure he will be talking a lot about today. So Ben, to get us started, we have our ever important quick fire questions to ask you to allow our listeners to get to know you. So, and I do maintain this is probably one of the most important questions that someone can ask. What is your favourite biscuit? What a way to start a chat, hey Anna. Right. Thank you for having me here. I'm gonna f- I don't wanna offend anybody. I'm not a biscuit man. Biscuits don't strike a call with me. <gasps> yeah, sorry. But I am sweet tooth, so a chockey bar, you know, um if you put some lint ball chocolates out, you know. I'm I'm a very happy man. Biscuits, nah, nah that's 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 for my nan. That is. Mm. There you go. So how about chocolates that have got bits of biscuit in them? Like, is there crossover potential? Yeah, that's cool. As long as the like as long as the, cho- right the chocolate ratio needs to outweigh the biscuit ratio, and then then we're good. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm all for mixing it up, but yeah, just gotta get that balance right. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been great to have you on, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Okay, actually, now I'm gonna I'm gonna add to this as well. What about savoury biscuits? So like cheese and biscuits. Ooh, uh, do you know question. what? I I did really used to enjoy this. Literally, like a Jacobs and all that kind of stuff. However, under the doctor's orders, I'm on a healthy lifestyle right now. So I'm not doing cheese and biscuits. I'm not actually doing chocolate unless it's a birthday or Christmas. So it's just like something I love. I'm just trying to be really wow. good. But yeah, you can't go wrong with the Jacobs biscuit with a bit of brie, but camembert, can you? So yeah. And again, my oh. wife loves all things kind of crispy crunchy biscuits all that kind of stuff and i do the i'm um, do the chocolate and the, everything else so you know it's a, a match made in heaven there because always happy to hand over respective things so, yeah <laughs> it's okay we're, we're not about division we're, we're about biscuit unity here so. yeah cool I'll bet, if i ever get invited on again i'll um, I'll, I'll read up on my biscuits <laughs> <laughs> no it's interesting to hear you know people's opinion whether they're right or wrong um but no that's lovely <laughs> uh, on to slightly more related uh question then what is your favorite social platform uh currently without a doubt facebook just because it's been around so long it's so good at connecting people it's the it's mm. you know still the biggest platform there is it's the easiest way to build groups it's the easiest way mm. to share it connects generations you know i've got people that um Younger friends of mine, younger friends, 20 years my junior that are on there and I've got my you know, my grandparents on there. So it covers that smattering. And I was actually thinking, yeah. you know what? A part of me, obviously none of us are on it anymore, but there's something about MySpace which just holds this classic thing in the back of my mind of actually setting the foundations. And yeah. my first experience of being social was on that platform. And that for me is then shaped things. And I think people who are on Facebook now um, who have ne- never experienced that kind of, 
the emergence of social media, as it were, um, kind mm. of there was mm. an exciting dawning of like, oh my goodness, we're connecting for the first time using the internet. And um, that's how old I am. And it was an amazing thing. And for me, <laughs> Facebook is still... It's okay. You didn't say Friends Reunited. No, didn't go down there, man. But uh, yeah, I, I guess it was, the, it was the music aspect that kind of brought me in via MySpace, I guess, as well. But um, yeah, Facebook yeah. still, you know, it, that's the, the, my, my... If I had to have one platform, um, I would I'd just be on there. Yeah. No, that's cool. Do you have any favourite podcasts? Uh, are there any that you sort of regularly tune into each week or that you kind of listen ardently i wish there was as a father of three uh the time i get to listen into things to be honest, i'm a real i love music so whenever i get time to in the car or time on a run it tends to be more often than not i go to music just to kind of unwind however that said mm-hmm. um there are a few i mean i listen to the um, pro church tool stuff with brady shearer um without a doubt you know oh, yeah. a lot of yeah. A lot of what British communicate, church communicators talk about will probably be influenced by those guys at some point. And the other, the main one I would actually listen to sometimes on a run over music would be uh, the Founders podcast. And if you come across that, it's... Um, and I, do you know what? I forgot the name of the guy who runs it now. But basically, he does the heavy lifting so you don't have to. And he listen, he reads books about core founders, business leaders. There was an amazing one the other day about the founder of Patagonia and just the culture... Um, of the mentality of how these guys mm. are set up businesses, set up organizations, their ethos and their management style and the way they go about things. And it's just, it's absolute gold. It saves you reading. You know, sometimes it's great to sit down and read a book, isn't it, over weeks? And sometimes it's like, okay, I just want to know the best bits. Yeah. And he does a great job at digesting that. And that's been really helpful for me, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Check we'll out. put links to those in the uh, description. I've got five in my favorites on Spotify. And obviously this this is one of them as well, so... There we go. He's redeemed himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then finally, gourd or pomegranate? Pomegranates. Definitely. I just, yeah. Straight up. No explanation. That's fair enough. I don't know if I've actually ever tried a gourd. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) So tell us about your background, um, you know, and a bit about what you do today and how you, how you got to this point. Cool. Job interview time, eh? Uh, how are you where you are today? <laughs> what do you know what? Um I'm I'm thankful for where I am today. I'm just that's one I want to start out with. Praise to God, just the journey that, that where I am, I would never have ever thought that I would be where I am today. And I'm thankful for every day I get to talk to people like yourselves and um talk about things that I'm passionate about, which is um not everyone has that that luxury, so that's really cool. My journey, um I'm a Lincolnshire lad, grew up in the Lincolnshire Fens, and I or I just wanted to be like my dad, who's a police officer. So my dream was to become a policeman. And my teacher said, you should do, definitely do, mm. do, do a degree before you do it. You know, make sure you've got something under your belt. And I was like, oh, okay, if I have to. Last minute, dragged my way through kind of clearing mm. and got in to do a communication studies degree in, in Sheffield, which is where I now am based. And, and yeah, and that was, that was like, oh, that's just filling time where I thought I'm either going to become a policeman or a rock star. And the rock star thing clearly didn't happen. <laughs> and neither did the police thing. I ended up working in the control room for a few years, but um, it just didn't didn't sit well to actually go and to be a bobby and then whilst i was working for the police i got an amazing opportunity my wife was working for a communications consultancy and she got asked to go to australia on a six months secondment and i took a career break to go and in that process of meeting her manager who was a christian and running a, a company which provided comms to um uh, basically to pen- the pension sector uh, ultimately and um, to FTSE 100 and 250 firms nice. and uh, he he liked me which was i was very 
grateful of. And he sent us to Australia and actually worked for him as a bit in business development. And when we, we arrived in Australia, we got off the plane in Sydney um, and we went straight into these meetings and, and Tony was there, uh, who's the, who was my boss. And he sat us down in this very nice hotel room and put out in front of us these seven, 14, sorry, 14, it was seven for each of us of these, like a, it was like a supercharged Why Jesus book, this heavy duty, big book, magazine style read, super just breaking down the history of, of like Judaism, Christianity, everything, and then going through to the faith elements as well. It was just perfect. And he was like, okay, you're here on business and here's what you got to do. But I want you to find 14 people of peace to give these books away to. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was the, the intersection of faith and business. And I thought, how is that possible? And that flipped my mind then on thinking, mm. you know, the whole concepts of work and worship and stuff and, and what that looks like. And when I came back to the UK, um, after a couple of years working basically between Australia and the UK, um, I decided to start my own business, then just providing services so I could work it around my family life. And cutting a long story short, pre-pandemic, I, I kind of got a bit fed up with the corporate clients that I was working with. And um, I started doing mm. a little bit of church communications. And for my church, The Well in Sheffield, and um, that kind of, we'll talk about the collective obviously in a bit, but it kind of was the first foray of taking the professional secular comms and training and stuff I'd done and applying it into a faith context and having that kind of in incentive behind it and that purpose. And I went on to, uh, I had a, a chat one day with a previous guest, I believe of yours, Laura Trinia, from who was at CPO as the managing director. Um, mm -hmm. And I came head, head of innovation at CPO and then during COVID things happen and everything happened in it um, <laughs> and there was a great need in the local church and I felt like it was a time to actually lay down my personal ambitions and just serve the church so I worked as head of comms for the well and then it led me on I knew that would be a, a season and back in February this year yeah I stepped into doing Be Creator full-time and the ultimate objective of that is to create a sustainable business that um, is driven by integrity and faith to help with the skills we have to help businesses flourish um, and help uh, charities do well. And ideally that then the funds and things we're making from this allow us to invest back into say churches and um, yeah, charities, which don't necessarily have the kind of actually, you know, genuine budgets that are needed to do things. That's the heart. And ideally, again, we'll come on to this, but like looking at ways that we could create a sustainable future for the church comms collective to actually mm. Um, upskill and raise up a new generation of people passionate about communicating within the church. So this is your life. There you go. That's kind of my journey. <laughs> and and where do you where see yourself in, in five today. years? I'm joking. Five years? You don't have to answer um, that. <laughs> I, I, totally, I could totally answer that, I think. It's a good go question. On. Do you want me to answer that, Joe? <laughs> yeah, do it. Five years time, I'd love to see, I'd love to have a team of 30 people working for Be Creative, delivering amazing solutions. And I'd love to see mm -hmm. that somehow facilitating let's let's dream big let's say in five years time uh, a million pounds of revenue going into the church comms collective to mm. bless churches and raise up the next generation yeah that's the dream yeah that's really cool Amazing. and it's good to have have that sort of clear goal but at the same time the word somehow in there is is important to me because mm. it's like yeah this is what we want yeah. to do we need to have this aim towards but at the same time whatever god brings along mm. um that's the way that we're going to take it um yeah so that's really exciting yeah. yeah i think you know one of the things i've learned in the past is it's so easy to pretend and put this face on and say oh yeah i know what i'm doing here and the reality is actually i think when we actually let you go you know what this is brand new territory for me i don't know what i'm mm. doing i need help who can i link with who can i connect with and stuff is so important so that's the thing you know dreaming big on this stuff 
Like there's a person out there that could make the reality I just spoke about happen tomorrow. There's huge funds yeah. out there that could go, we'll give you a million quid because we want to actually see churches thrive rather than like clinging on to survive. We could actually do that and we could, you know, you could actually look at people like us and other church comms mm-hmm. leaders to kind of go, okay, great. How can we invest that and see a huge return on actually connecting loving communities well and sharing Jesus well. So, you know, the potential is there. It's the willingness to have people mm-hmm. to be able to understand the power of what can be done when resources are released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. And find, finding the people who have got those skills and resources who who really believe in a vision which aligns with with yours rather than having to compromise all, all the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm aware you mentioned about going to Australia and I'm just curious, this isn't something we've asked you before, but even then... Were there any obvious differences you noticed in the sort of the comms landscape between Australia and the UK? Or is it really similar? I, yeah, I was fortunate enough to live in central Melbourne. And um, I guess it, it's probably comparative to elements of central London. And there was, mm. um, I guess there was a willingness to invest in the churches. The church we were part of was called City in the Hill. And, the, and they were a three-year-old church plan, but they were really investing in worship team, in their outward communications and their welcome and actually creating really easy streams to get into the groove of discipleship structures. And they did a good job of that. And again, Aussie kind of, you know, just loads of people with a passion to do it well. I mean, we used, they met at the time, they met in a cinema um, in central Melbourne and oh, um, cool. it was awesome. This huge, like it probably, I don't know, it was probably a seven, 800 seater screen. And they had two guys who were passionate about video and each sermon series they got these dedicated, like, epic video trailers. And he just <laughs> sat there and, like, I'm in a movie experiencing something and it's tangible yeah. bringing into life. This then, effectively, they did a very good kind of TED Talk sermon stuff, which was, like, actually genuine gold dust that you could take away. And I remember this, that, mm-hmm. that relationship between... This is contemporary for people who would work, you know, this isn't typical space for a church and it, um, and they totally yeah. leverage the things that were available to them. And I think that's something that I've seen in those churches and that's, but that's, you know, that city center, big city kind of stuff, rural Australia, obviously will be similar to what we face here in terms of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, local people serving their locality yeah. with the you know, best heart and best intentions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not the budgets to match. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that's very exciting to hear. I mean, I'd love to have a church in, in a cinema, but to hear you talk about it, it's making me think there's nothing wrong with A, giving people a platform to deliver on the giftings that God's given them, but also to make our life of faith and the experience of church so sensory in terms of like it being an experience. And so I feel from a UK perspective and probably more a rural perspective of where I am at the minute, that that is so avoided because, oh, we shouldn't be doing that because that's not right. But like just hearing you talk about it, it's like, that sounds so exciting. And I bet you've probably, even though it was quite a while ago, you still feel that emotion that that experience was for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. I mean, it changed my perspective of what it is. And I guess it's it's ultimately about us bringing our gifting, isn't it? And, Mm. you know, if, uh, if someone within the church is amazing at, I don't know, let's say, running kids camps of course they're going to be the go-to person to say would you yeah. be interested in running a summer camp mm-hmm. ask uh, at the church or an amazing chef it's like great would you be up for using your skills to teach the the volunteers to make something whatever yeah. and i think you know if you've got a videographer amongst you um who's got a talent and things and wow and you know that we'll, we will have heard this from like i said 
like from Brady Shearer and people like that, um, you know, the gospel message never changes, but the format in which we communicate, it does. Yeah. And actually in leveraging mm-hmm. things like video, obviously, um, is, uh, yeah, an immersive communication experience. I mean, the next big thing will be, I think, you know, a couple of years time, if not sooner, we'll obviously be talking about the uh, severe and exciting advancements in like VR technology and what that looks like in terms yeah, yeah. of immersive church experiences. And, you know, part of a Sunday talk could actually be wearing a headset where we together we collectively walk through the streets of Bethlehem as part of the yeah. Advent journey and actually see this is, you know, this is a typical kind of street scene of where this might happen. And yeah. what do you think this, you know, like the immerse, what were the smells be like, what were the noises, what were the things happening? And there's going to be a reaction against that. Hugely. And that's, that's, yeah. that's good. Like we need the contrast. We need stuff. And we, and you know, there's yeah. some people that, you know, with every good reason and merit won't embrace, and there's no need to embrace every single option there is out there what we do need to do though is you know we need to for those that can should um i i think you know i think we, we can choose to embrace things when the opportunity arises um but yeah. there's certainly we certainly can't just sit back and do nothing so if you're not hmm. using the latest forms of tech then you better be using the traditional kind of approaches in a superb way like facebook <laughs> no i'm i'm i mean in like even more old school you know what i mean like overhead projectors like, yeah if you're not on social and you're not on web and stuff uh so how how can you use print in the most engaging way to um to yeah. reach your no, like, for sure, 100 percent. Yeah. yeah 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 cool. i think the hope is that there's not a resistance that's purely out of fear mm-hmm. you know i think i i feel this as someone who's, who's into tech who's someone who's into communications that there's this idea that you're at the forefront, you're saying yes to everything, regardless of whether it's actually good or not, and you're not thinking it through. And actually, I think, especially those of us that are used to working with small churches, that's not the case, because we know we can't say yes to everything. We don't have the the mm-hmm. capacity to do that. Mm-hmm. But actually, my experience is that those who work in church communications are the ones thinking the most carefully, mm-hmm. thinking it through what it means, what are the implications, should we be doing this, not just mm-hmm. can we do it. Mm-hmm. Isn't I think there's the thing there, isn't there? That we need we need a handful of people that are, or actually a mass of people that are in the centre ground, doing what we know well, and we need the pioneers, the adventurers, to run on ahead, and kind of suss mm. out the landscape. Is it safe to move to this place yet? Is there an opportunity to do so? Is it wise to bring our people with us? You know the, that that kind of approach. And um, I the think church comes um, spies. Yeah, something on those lines. <laughs> so uh, yeah. But I think it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's a need there. You, you need people to push the boundaries and ask the questions. And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes it's actually yes. It's time to for yeah. us to say goodbye to Twitter or X, whatever it is, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, go. We're going to give our attention to this thing. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah. Okay. So bringing it back to um, back to you and sort of your journey. How has it been from going? So from from a one church centered role working at the well to working on your own business, how's that shift been for you? Because presumably sort of you've got different clients and suddenly it's sort of not just one focus. What's been really exciting? But also, is there anything that you miss working sort of for one client? I so I, I hands up completely. Um, I miss the community. I miss the amazing team that are there. Like so, you know, being around. Uh, a staff team you know not all full-time by any standard but I think there's about 18 people on team so mm. to see those people every day was uh, one of the best teams I've ever worked with and a life-giving community so and I miss the leadership and the insights and kind of 
you know, inevitably when you're part of a church staff team, you know more about the bigger picture thinking and the processes rather than just what's communicated to people. So it's nice yeah. to be part of that and things. So I miss that. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I think, you know, there's seasons where we, we can't do everything. And I, and I did that season as it were stepping into the business. There's a few things that I, I really wanted to do. So this year so far it's worked out, which is in, is an incredible blessing is we took the decision to try and be a term time business. So I've taken the whole, the six weeks summer holiday off with the kids, uh, Easter, half terms, everything, which has been wow. incredible in terms of work-life balance. And I, I do think that, um, like, you know, in church circles, it often can be that the church minister gets a sabbatical and, and, and gets to go away and do that type of thing. And I think there's a call and a need for anybody involved in church ministry, particularly employed church ministry, to actually get that time away with God, time away to think, and it, it'd be a paid time rather than a part of their holiday. Um, so mm. I think that was a really important aspect for me with the work-life balance. Now, it meant that I worked my socks off uh, May, June, July and things to make sure I could take the summer off. Um, I've come back now in September and very deep in, in, in my work, which is good. And the, the, I've not really communicated that I'm doing what I'm doing, actually. It's all, yeah, favour of God. Like, I've stepped into it and all of a sudden all these people have come out of the woodwork and said, you know, could you help out with this project? And I was like, actually, yes, I can because I'm running my own business now um so majority of my work i'm doing at the minute is uh, uh working around predominantly with churches and um christian charities so working with together for sheffield working with arise i'm in conversations with some quite exciting big organizations with some big projects and things all to be revealed and um, <laughs> but it's exciting to go i love communications um i love being able to work in a way which works well for me i believe a big believe in working from rest so you know i will get far more work done by having a, a morning jog and potentially evening swim or something and actually making sure that i'm working there's good rhythms to the way we do life and things and mm. i think it's just it's so healthy we you know in the past people can easily demonize time and actually particularly in the creative veins we really need for creative ideas, like the best ideas I've had for like all my projects. They come on a morning run or, you know, I don't know, yeah. in the shower. It's, you know, it's like, it's, yeah. it's never when you sit down at the desk with a pen and paper and oh, come up with this idea. It's, it's like, okay, great. And I think um, if the, the beauty of being self-managed in your own business is being able to actually work in a way which allows you to do your best work. And that's the core thing. It's the that matters for me it's, it's the quality of what we put out so yeah I think it's been an exciting few months um, it's, it's not easy it's a big step when you you know when you mm. step out of the comfort of salary and hours and things well yeah because the rest that you're talking about and so important and valuing it is in some senses easier to have when you have the security of a full-time role mm. you know when yeah. when in some way there is a link between how much you rest and how much money you make, it's a lot harder to justify having that time to rest, but that doesn't mean it's it's less important. Yeah. I found that um, with all the projects I was doing, I was able to work it thinking that, you know, inevitably, for example, a lot of people do naturally have summer holidays. Um, so there's a lot of projects that we could actually do a handover at the end of July and say, you know, deadline is for September to get your parts back and stuff. So the rhythms work well in that respect and you can yeah. kind of make things uh, slot into place. Um, and yeah, like broader, broader questions here, but you know, what is wealth? Like the, the, the most valuable mm. thing to me is, is, is the freedom of time. Um, and there's like, I live on a quite a nice road with 
lovely neighbors who are in senior roles in big business and stuff and they have a nice kind of week holiday and the rest of the time they're like working very very hard um and they might have the nice cars and they might have nice things that we look in a worldly sense and go, oh, they've, they've made it but um actually to kind of go well i had six weeks off work and the hardest decision I had to make was whether to do poached eggs or scrambled eggs in the morning with the kids you know like <laughs> Yeah. Poached egg sounds very middle class, doesn't it? I'm trying to learn how to do poached eggs. I've got a couple of chickens in the garden. Uh, so, um, yeah, a little off tangent there. But, yeah, you, you know what I mean? It's just it's working out if you, you know, in the context of what I've done, um, yeah, trying to deliver our best, trying to do it in a way which allows me to thrive and serve the clients really well, which is ultimately, you know, what we're trying to do. But big thing is about uh, I am here to help. I want to help people thrive. Um, so let's do that as best we can. Yeah, awesome. So we're both part of the Church Comms Collective, which you founded. Can you tell us a bit more about that? How did that come about? And I mean, obviously, if it's yours, you're going to think it's, but why do you think it's an important community? And um, I can ask it again, <laughs> because that's a lot of questions, but where do you see it going? So kind of, again, in that five years time, where do you see sort of it? How do you see it existing? Sure. Uh, yeah, great questions. I love talking about the collective. I think first first aspect of that to answer why is it important i think it's it's the community which makes it important it's the fact that we're gathering around this central principle and we're helping out each other we're sharing knowledge it would be it's it's not mine or me it's um it's the strength of the fact that you know there's people gathered to do that and that's the beauty of it and i and i love it um it's birthing again being honest about not knowing what we're doing sometimes (laughs) five six years ago my first kind of church contract as a as a freelancer effectively was to manage my church's social media. They uh, they didn't have anybody, and I offered to do it, and uh, and I was like, oh, wow, how do we how do we do this well? How do I take my communications training and knowledge and stuff and actually use that tangibly in a church context? And I set up um, before I set up the group. Rather, I went home, trust the old Facebook, try to find some groups, and sure enough, there's lots of church communication groups out there. However, majority of which were based in the US, mm. and the types of things that they were talking about and dealing with um, weren't culturally relevant necessarily to what was going on in the UK. Yeah. And my original idea was like, oh, well, how can I connect with some of these UK folks? And I'll just look out for kind of UK-based questions. <laughs> and then one day a thread started with whereabouts are you in the world? I saw the little Union Jacks and um, I thought, right, let's I'm just DM a few one. folks and see if they want to set up a subgroup just to chat about some things. And 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 yeah, a handful of folks joined and, and it was literally a small group um, for the first six months. It was probably like, 10 or 15 of us, to be honest. Um, and then we, we happened to meet at Premier Digital. Um, and and then it, it built up to about three or 400 and then obviously COVID hit and a lot of people were needing help and the word got out there that there was a, a place. But ultimately the, the point of it is, is that people in church communications, I don't know if you guys would agree with this, but often it te- we tend to think in a way which is slightly different to the rest of the church team. Um, we see things that they wouldn't do, which is really important. That's part of our role. Yeah. And um, but rarely, very rarely, will a church employ or have on team to, uh, like a couple of people of that ilk. Yeah. And it's kind of you're not alone if you're the church communicator at this church. There's a, there's another mm-hmm. there's another church down the road facing similar problems, trying to understand how to do things. And it's that thing of going, I just need someone to reach out to. And yes, there's loads of great help out there and tutorials and stuff. But 
no, nothing beats actually talking and connecting and actually dropping a thing in. So the principle of the collective all along has been, you know, ask any question. It's a safe environment to do so. And also share your successes. And crucially, people find this hard to do, but share your failures. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, actually learning from each other's mistakes. You know, we grow so much when we get things wrong. Um, so, yeah, so the Facebook group, the, the only thing to say really is, uh, I mean, in terms of where it's going, a couple of years ago, I was frustrated that it was, I wanted to harness the quality of the questions and the community, but in a dream world, I wouldn't have it locked in a platform like Facebook where there's so much other noise that can take you away. And also in a professional setting, Mm. I personally found it hard to go on Facebook to go into the group and ask a question without kind of seeing updates from other people and getting drawn into a rabbit hole of stuff which wasn't actually relevant to my workflow and things and yeah. I, I was just so undisciplined in that process so I tried to set it up as a standalone platform um, and the complete reality was at the time I just did not have the capacity in any respect mental health and in terms of my workload and family life to actually give it the uh, the energy it needed mm-hmm. um, so I not that many people would know but I folded that down because it was literally nothing going on. So I was like, let's just get rid of that. Focus on keep doing Facebook well. And the reason for that doing as well was I was conscious that you have to be on Facebook to be part of it. And there's so many communicators out there which don't want to be on Facebook and aren't. And I, was like, <laughs> I don't want those people, I want those people to have a place they can ask questions and be yeah. without having to be on social. So I've not quite figured out how we go about doing that other than I've, I've recently finished a new iteration of the Church Commons Collective website, which is designed hopefully to breathe more life into the things that beyond community conversation, um, mm. you know, links to upcoming events. Uh, it'd be great to have this podcast actually listed on there as a good resource. Um, oh. And it's, but again, that's a bit of a passion project in, my, in the side. And you know, I've put in thousands of hours to collective. It's never been something which I, you know, it's, it's not a money thing for doing it. It's my passion project. We're just mm. trying to help people and, and do it well. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a group which are just wonderful people of, of every different expression. I think of, Christianity in the UK, which is another beautiful thing, you know, sharing across, uh, you know, across different theologies and perspectives, the common mm. core things around communications is something which we all need to learn from each other. Yeah. 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 Well, the website is looking really good. And so where do you, Yanda, where do you see it being in five years time? Like what would the, what would the dream be for the collective? Sure. Well, the dream would be, I'm going to try and say this in a constructive way. One of my frustrations when I worked at CPO was it was a charity, Christian Publishing and Outreach. And it was born like 60 odd years ago. And these tobacco salesmen came to faith, I believe, at a Billy Graham rally. And they bought a house together, sold up everything they had, had a cow, and basically they used their marketing know-how to start making resources for the church. Mm. That's just like full-on acts living right there and then. And there was, and that's what they did. And they started providing resources. Mm. And... um the organization continued to deliver amazing comms, but ultimately changed track into being, it had to be a commercial venture to actually be able to sustain itself and do what it did. And um, as head of innovation there, one thing I never got to do was actually implement some ideas around how we could actually make sure that the charitable element of delivering things, in my mind, for free and actually resourcing those that desperately need it could happen. And that's- how it fits alongside paying the bills. Yeah. And now I see some, and now I guess my dream would be how could, could the collective actually do that and actually be the charitable effect? You know, ultimately, I'd love it to become a not for profit, formally registered. Um, I'd love to do, um, you know, Catherine Burt is a great person to talk to you about this, but there's um, some great things in America where they do these mission trips um, 
and what they'll do is they'll go to like a you know an underfunded rural church somewhere in America and they'll take a videographer copywriter website developer logo oh, designer wow. project manager and they'll go for a weekend and they will smash it out and they basically leave a church with you know branding website the works and yeah. the tools to continue it you know it's not like you know obviously they're giving them the net so they can go fishing rather than just giving them the yeah. fish as it were um, and I love that idea like imagine just taking like once a year we take a you know, again, representatives of core skills. And we go, right, for this weekend, we're going to this village south of Birmingham. We're going to go and bless this community and give it a weekend away, lots of pizza and all that jazz, <laughs> and, and walk away going, wow, and that's transformed. So ideally, the collective would have like that physical thing happening. I'd love to see it have a, like a national and localized gatherings whereby we can um, actually yeah, come together, high five and go. I think we can agree we'd love to see that as well. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, I really, one of the things here is I'm the bottleneck to this and I need to kind of connect with people who have got, who are like, oh, I'm up for this. And she's going, right, I can't, I just can't do that. I'm realizing I'm trying to do too much of my own steam because I think that people aren't interested or don't want to. And actually the people are probably like, oh no, I'd happily sort out that aspect of doing that. And well, that makes it more viable. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so dreams of, of doing that. And then, like I said, in terms of a revenue thing, like I think if we can proof of concept of, of, of changing lives and seeing churches transformed, maybe some of the trust funds out there and things but actually go actually we understand the value and power in, in communicating well and, and what that can do and then releasing people to actually kind of go okay we can invest this in providing yeah. this free communication resource for these guys because one of the problems is let's be let's be honest is that certain church denominations are very 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 well funded when it comes to their church comms but they're serving their people Mm. and their denomination and no one beyond that mm. and i think there's actually lessons within these places which are um are, are locked in and it would be great to be able to go well let's let's make these things available to any church and every church so that they can flourish and you know at the end of the day it's the same boss mm. and um, i just love to make sure that there's equal opportunities across the church to do that i think there's something there as well in terms of priorities and like you mentioned that it's very rare for uk churches to have people in paid employment positions who are creatives who are communicators who are marketers but it's not just the paid employment like even in leadership positions i don't see it very often um and part of that is resources and and lack of people i, I get that but i think a lot of it is just not getting it not having those things as priorities mm. when actually communication is a huge part of who we are as a church because we mm. want to communicate the gospel mm. And like we've spoken about, you know, before we'd started recording today, Hannah mentioned a church that just gets it mm. as one of her clients. And that's not to say that they're a huge mega church with, with a massive mm. budget, but if they get the importance of it, then what resources they have, it's like the bread and fishes thing, yeah. right? That if you get it, you can give your little and see what God can do with that. Yeah, mm. uh, yeah exactly. I think the there's a chronic... Uh, failure to acknowledge the power of good communications in the church mm -hmm. you know pre-covid it was like oh no we can't go on video that's a bit scary can't do that and people won't come to church anymore then it became the thing that everyone did and there was this you know that tuesday when everyone you know us and everyone else in church comms would have been <laughs> busy trying to set up our first streams and things and it went absolutely crazy and the engagement was super high because no one else had anything to do yeah. and then um <laughs> and then it all you know in the most part um, falls off and is the back the back of the list um, going forward and they're not seeing the value in it and 
the continuity or whatever. And yes, it's hard to maintain all these things um, with you know volunteer groups and stuff, but it's kind of like, hang about, how can you not see the potential power in actually doing this well? And yeah. we fail to, you know, it's the so like communications and social media and things particularly, it always seems to be this task which is handed out as an add-on to someone else's job description. Mm. It tends to be maybe the yeah. youth leader because they're young they're and funky young. or the worship leader because <laughs> they're creative and things. Um, and it's never like, uh, actually, wow. Imagine like the churches out there that actually kind of go, the most important thing we can do is we've got our vision, our direction. And the first thing we're going to invest in is actually communicating really well how this sits, what we're going to do as a people, whether that's two people starting a church or whether it's a thousand people, and yeah. then working back from there to actually look at how they do stuff. And it frustrates me so much when you see, you know, we you wouldn't if, if the electrics went in the church and the spark boxes are flying all over the place, you wouldn't just look for some random person and say, can somebody just go and sort that out for us? Yeah. You know, there's... There's some scissors in the kitchen, make, make, make do. And that's totally the mm. approach that we have to church. Somebody can make a flyer. Somebody can do this. And actually, no, who can we, if we've not got the skills, who can we empower or train? Because yeah. there's lots of free ways to mm. do that. Um, who can we actually come alongside and journey with so that they can feel confident in doing this? And it just, um, it saddens me that, you know, ultimately the gospel is something which is just a communication piece. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I'm on my soapbox right now, aren't I? But we need to, no, it's like, it. come on. No, like, but it's how important. can we absolutely just, how can we do this and, and love everyone in that in that process? Because it's always good intentions. Yeah. But I just think sometimes things need to be flipped on and said. And I think maybe we've sort of circling around uncovering one of the key difficulties of being a church communicator is that you've not just got to do it well, but actually you've got to have that battle in the first place to persuade people that it's important mm. to do it well you know i'm a big believer in youth work but that generally you don't have to have the conversation of why should we have a youth group generally people understand that and they get it whereas comms is very yeah. different and it's hard when we're living in such an immersive um communication generation and the, you know the amount of messages we're bombarded with and the, and the mm. quality of of media out there um which is very daunting for people i mean just take Know, even sitting, if you're if you're old school and you watch a bit of TV now and then, watching the adverts and the production that goes into them makes like movies from a few years ago feel proper dated. It's incredible the, the stuff and yeah. then the stuff that you and I, you know, we could all do right now using um, AI and Photoshop beta and all that kind of stuff. We can do some incredible things. It's at our fingertips, and it's all a question of time and, and resource, isn't it? And um, but I think there's a yeah. I think ugh, I just I just love to see people that rise and awake to the opportunity that could present itself if those that are able to and um, are wanting to can you know rise up and actually do comms well there's there's some great comms jobs out there and there's rarely enough people to actually fulfill them in a in, you know there's a skills gap and we need to see it filled as well yeah 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 i think just um bringing things back to the collective mm -hmm. for a second could you give one sort of key example of how you've clearly seen God working through that and through that community there? The way that's most meaningful, I'd say, with God working is I think people f feeling free to come with what's on their hearts. Mm. I remember Benj uh, Lyon recently doing, you know, just feeling like to pray for everybody and just to share that. And I was like, that's, that's exactly what we need. Um, mm. And just, and people that I've connected through the community that, um, 
have reached out to me for prayer requests or questions and stuff. And the fact that there's a digital platform that exists where people feel the freedom to do so and, and hopefully through the conversations that we have corporately as a group and also on the one-to-one basis, people can feel loved and empowered and remember who they are ultimately as children of God first off and then, you know, actually doing this thing that they're in, you know, we're, we're interested in. Mm. Yeah. And one final thing to say on that as well is in the five or so years that we've been running it, there's probably been literally a handful of times where I've had to step in and either remove a post or yeah. you know take yeah. a comment out or something. It's so rare. It's And that to me just shows like-minded followers of Jesus pursuing this with the best, very best of intentions. And that's, that's just so lovely to see um, in, the, in a world of, where social can be, you know, so toxic at times. Yeah. So that's a credit to the nature of the culture of the people that are, um, yeah. that are contributing and stuff. Yeah, that's probably because all of those people manage groups or are in groups and are just switched on mm. to groups that they are a part of, where they are seeing that toxic, angry, whatever behaviour, and they want to be in a group where it's not like that. Um, because it is so horrible seeing that. That's, I'm I'm in various groups where there's at the minute people are constantly talking about admins need to be removing these themes or these topics and stuff like that. It's just really sad that people can't can't just be nice. Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I learned I've I've became so much happier when I decided not to argue anymore on social. <laughs> I mean, I, I realized that I'd never shared an opinion which I think had changed someone's beliefs particularly when you look at politics and stuff like that mm. it's fine to share your story in your context and from your platform mm. but i just found because i used to get into a lot of not nasty stuff but just genuine debates but i was like what well, i'm just debating something yeah these are, yeah no they're not changing my mind they're not changing theirs and is yeah. yeah is this is this actually constructive well you know so um and i realized actually the handful of times when someone i known said something it's like okay great do you want me actually i'm gonna phone that person or i'm gonna go and see him and have a chat you know, when you do that, you talk in a way which, um, Conversation. yeah, there's so much more harmony and actually it's so important to, to work, to yeah, be people of peace, isn't it? So yeah. completely separate, um, sidetrack there, but yeah. Yeah. And to actually communicate with people. <laughs> Very important to do. <laughs> so this, I mean, this is just amazing to talk to you about kind of various elements of comms and you know really to be able to reflect upon it and and kind of for me this is just nice hearing that yeah we're not alone and I'm sure we could talk all day about things but I'm going to ask a few to be honest they're quite big questions but um <laughs> maybe to keep us all on track because I'm sure yeah we could go off and and explore them in great depth um just kind of respond with the first things that come to mind so are there any trends that you've noticed with the ways that churches are communicating now sort of specifically then obviously in the UK I mean there's honestly I don't know if I could I could pull out a particular trend there's clearly churches that are setting a really high bar in terms of quality output in the context of their their people so Mm -hmm. I am generally inspired by the majority of the kind of HTB church plants and the way they do comms, they manage to reflect yeah. the authenticity of community and yeah, you know, what church looks like. And I think it's actually quite attainable to do what they do. They don't do it. It's yeah. It seems like a, it's a healthy pace. Um, it's simple as in it's like tends to be just 
the photography is reasonably well thought out if you look at it from a social strategy and it's it's you know it's mm-hmm. one of the nice things about having a a solid brand for your church is you're not bless some folks they'll they'll use 50 fonts a week um in, in creating their uh their the branding for different things and actually it's so much more simple when you've got uh you know yeah you head one head two and and work and work with it it saves you the time of of, of everything else around it um even more so if you're in the case of the well and you use black and white all the time mm-hmm. <laughs> um so i think um yeah just kind of helping things you know, simplifying things and, and and that is a really great thing i think um like I do feel that there's a divide at the minute in terms of it's easy to put people on the pedestal in terms of what, again, what these, some churches are able to do. And then we can feel like, Oh, that we're somehow failing if we don't meet the standard of what others are doing. And I actually think it's quite important for us to ask questions. This is the collective thing, ask questions of others that are walking the same road at the same time. You know, we don't have to attain to anyone else's standard. It's about being true to the vision and, and, legitimacy of what we're doing in our in our particular churches i'm a big fan of um i've used this analogy in the collective you might have heard me say it before i'm i'm a, I'm a park runner so on a saturday morning thousands of people around the uk and beyond do a timed 5k and you get time at the end and um it's just a nice community experience but the thing which i find so empowering is it tends to be the same people that are kind of just behind me that are kind of on my tail and keeping me going mm. and the same people just ahead of me that are just helping me go that little bit quicker or sustain it. And I think the same within church communications, like how can we help those just behind us to kind of bring them up and learn how to do that thing on TikTok or learn how to, you know, do a short or whatever it might be. And the same time we're learning from those guys just ahead yeah. of us and yeah. taking that knowledge and applying it in our context. And um, yeah, I think I'd love to see small churches and local communities that probably do like community life really well have the confidence to be able to think how can they communicate that more effectively in their context because yeah there's a there's so many churches out there which do actually church really well but maybe no one really knows that they do it well because they don't have um maybe the confidence to kind of go oh okay yeah well we can yeah do a really great church banner which is actually going to last two or three years and roll out at key times or we can actually just do a, a simple digital video um, on a phone which we can be shared on the local facebook page and let them know that they're really welcome here and we offer this this and this and do you know what i mean like it's we, you can overthink things and actually just doing things with the best of hearts yeah. sometimes and um, whilst applying some simple rules is really yeah. effective no. i think i've definitely said this before but i liken it to a cheap business card and if you have a floppy business card, it looks like you have a floppy business. It doesn't matter how good you are. And so that church that has an amazing community effort, they do amazing things with outreach. If you're not sharing it, then people aren't going to know. Yeah. Yeah. Floppy business card. <laughs> okay, let's be a bit more optimistic then. What are the biggest opportunities for churches and their comms? I think the biggest opportunity is actually to talk about it more. Mm. I don't think we do that. Mm. I can't remember ever going to a church and hearing someone stand up at the, um, at any point, like a, you know, in the notices or a church leader, actually talk about the power of digital discipleship and digital witness or the fact that you can go out there right now, live stream and share your testimony and potentially reach millions of people. I know that's not that likely, that doesn't matter, but there's the potential that these things can happen. Mm. And I think we need to talk about more of actually um i find this it always seems to me there's lots of different church meetings happening about different ways to disciple 
people and different kind of methods to go about doing team meetings to make them more effective. But it seems very, very rare that we ever have constructive conversations about the communication opportunities that are presented to the to the family um, yeah. within the church who actually had to do that well. So I think one of the best things is actually start talking about this more mm. and understanding understanding that. And again, that doesn't have to be developing or modern digital media. It, you know, in some contexts, it could be really effective print forms. And communication extends to everything, you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is crazy, but I was thinking about this the other day and I was just thinking about, you know, it starts with, if you're in a church context, the type of toilet paper we use in our churches says something about our people, doesn't it? And the type of soap we use. So, for example, during COVID, if you 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 would use um, the most um, bacterial killing super stuff to let everyone know you care because you're providing yeah. something which is making sure the disease is is suppressed and that they're safe in that context. And obviously, hygiene is really important. But also now you can think about well, actually, what does that job? But actually, is actually smells good and then people actually feel oh i feel yeah. good and no, i feel i feel fresh and ready for a new conversation Coffee. now um and there's it's, it's these oh, tiny yeah. things which actually say a lot about who we are and we don't think about those things and you know so i think every aspect and again having someone who's got a bit of a head for comms and actually saying okay you know it, it crosses welcome it, it crosses how you yeah, do yeah. your tea time uh, you know tea and biscuits afterwards back to the biscuits um it comes down to all aspects of things so um, but there's so much opportunity. I think if we just talk about it more, like what are we communicating here? How are we saying this? Is um, is that choice of uh, colour appropriate for that season? Is yeah, is the the facilities we've got? What are they communicating to the people that come into here? Even down to the type of let's go back to biscuits. You know, what the you know would an extra fifty p to upgrade it from that you know to insert a chocolate chip or yeah. something? Maybe that gives it that little more like oh. That was a great biscuit yeah. experience this morning, I feel, you know, <laughs> rather than the, the, the 10p packet or whatever. Ben's finally unpacked why we asked the biscuit question. <laughs> yeah. It's a yeah. frivolous question that we threw in to, as a nice break. It's, it's an actual, yeah. it's, I don't want to say the theology of um, church church <laughs> service biscuits, but I completely agree. Um, I think you were part of the conversation two years ago or something on Twitter going like serving good coffee. That is actually an important you know serving rubbish coffee that gives a certain impression but biscuits we at my old church we used to have a joke of like if there were the viscounts so the really nice ones that are covered and stuff like that, you go oh the bishop's coming to church and like it was very <laughs> rare for the nice biscuits to be up but everyone sort of like was very excited when they were and yeah that relayed a kind of um yeah. a nice feeling about church i think that's helpful though because mm. i think we even those of us who do talk about comms we probably do define it too narrowly mm. and we probably define it by the things that we're most excited about with their social media or web or design or whatever, but actually it's all those different parts mm. of what they communicate to people who come in. Yeah. I think on the opportunity front as well, and this is something that man, I never quite figured out how to do this well, but I know it's, it, it shouldn't, it needs to be done more. And this might be a generational thing as well as we move towards it. But I think, um, you know, the most engaging, most powerful content when we look at church, social media and things is when people do tell their stories and their, and their context of actually what's what's going on or what's God doing or what they're working through. And again, successes and the failures and the, the prayers they're waiting to see answered and the ones that are and actually capturing, harnessing those stories. People listen to people in the, the generation of of the self and whether we like it or not, again, it's communicating contextually in, in this era. 
Um, there's something powerful about this is my personal testimony. This is what Jesus has done. This is the revelation I've had. And um, if there's ways in which the it's an opportunity, the more we can catch them, and it doesn't have to be super slick. It's you know, we're talking. We're used to having bite-sized pieces of content on our mobile, so people aren't gagging for a Hollywood production mm -hmm. here. It's the authenticity of the story. So where we can capture them, oh my goodness! If if every church across this land was to capture, you know. 10 stories or something and put out one every few weeks or whatever. Oh, can you imagine? Let's uh, saturate the, the, uh, the, the world wide web with, with truth and um, yeah, real, real stories of, of, of hope and journeying with, with our faith. Yeah, for sure. Love that. So if you could give one piece of advice, what would be the biggest tip you'd give to a church comms person from anything from day-to-day -day management, an idea or something? What would be the, the one thing that you had had to just share with someone? I had uh, a lady come over yesterday to our house to meet myself and, and my wife uh, called Lucy, who was working for a church in Sheffield at the comms. And she asked that question. And the thing that struck me the most and more and more and more is to understand that our role as a church communicator. We're serving the church, we're serving God, we're serving, and we're serving the, lead, we're serving the leader. Uh, and the vision team and that I think is the big thing here is our role is to hear the vision hear what we're doing as a church community and looking at the way that we can translate that and facilitate that through excellent communication now there will be times when we challenge them and say I really don't think that Facebook is the best way to communicate this or I really don't think a poster should be done for that and they need to understand your role in actually having the insights to suggest ways about going doing this and I'm, I'm talking about somebody who's got you know time and empowerment to actually be able to be released in this and church mm -hmm. leaders need to empower and release people with the gifting of communication to do this but yeah our role isn't to change the leader and their direction and stuff and and things it's ultimately to serve that with great communications and from that place we then build that simple strategy of like okay cool i've got five hours a week to do this what am i going to do really simple brand in place so that it makes the um, creation of graphics really simple and straightforward using free platforms like um, Canva so that can be done really economically, making sure that we put it out there to welcoming volunteers who might be able to give certain skills to do it and you know building it out as the, as the availability sits. But that core thing for me is you've got to walk hand in hand with a vision caster and be able to, as a communicator, your job is to communicate and make sure that things are on point with the direction of the church. And, you know, churches, I feel I feel like when we actually really grasp well that everyone is completely unique in terms of its locality, in terms of the people that are in the vicinity and how we can serve them, um, that all those expressions are common traits, but there's also uniqueness which we can pull out in that process. So the big thing, ultimately, is making sure that we, yeah, we help discern and communicate that vision. Yeah. That's really important. Love it. <laughs> Ben, thanks so much for joining us today. As Hannah said, I'm sure we could go on all day yeah. and already we've doubled the time that we <laughs> said that we were going to um, keep you for. So do tell us where people can find out more about you, where they can find out more about the collective. Yeah, thanks so, well, thanks so much for having me. Anyone who's listened in, if you want to reach out, I'm not just saying this to be fluffy, like genuinely reach out and if we can have a chat, we will. But best place to get hold of uh, get hold of what in terms of what this is, this is Church Communications. So churchcomscollective.com. From there, there'll be links to Facebook, um, Instagram, um, in this contact form, so you can reach out directly. And if there's a professional project you want to work with, then it's um, becreative.team. But the big thing here is Church Comms Collective. And yeah, it might be you're someone who, who's got an idea about how to actually make that a sustainable thing for the good of the church in the UK, and that would 
like you might have an idea, whatever it is, small or big, don't sit on it. If if it's something triggered, then I'd love to hear it because it's those things which all come together and at some point the right thing will open up what that what that future looks like. For sure. Amazing. Wow. Um feel like you need to take a deep breath after that. Gosh, like yes, definitely. That was such such an encouraging chat. Um and I'm already got loads of things going through my mind and definitely I'm going to need time to reflect on everything that we chatted about um and yeah. you know it's actually been a really nice way to to round off what has been a really interesting series for me I think that we've sort of thought a little bit wider and actually started to think of other people's perspectives as well which you know as well as really continuing to get closer to the hearts of what comms is and thinking about how to actually do it well. And it's been also very encouraging and lovely to hear from listeners to say that it's actually been helpful, you know, and getting ideas and inputs for future episodes. So it's, for me, this series has been a real delight. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, we've definitely loved to hear from people. and. Specifically, that we really enjoyed, um, it was back a while ago now, but the, the case study episode mm. that we did. So if that's something that you'd be interested in doing with your church in the future, you can send us a message. You can email at hello at gppodcast.uk um, and we'll look at getting that set up. But sadly, that does bring us to the end of Series 3. Aww. We already have a huge list of things to talk about in future episodes, though. And to be honest, Series 4 is all but planned already. Yep. Um, so we're going to take a little break and we'll be back with you soon. But we want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast with other people. And as ever, we really pray that your comms are fruitful. Mm